This podcast has adult themes and mature subject matter. Some listeners may find the language offensive and raunchy. Others will find it hilarious and relatable. Either way, you have been warned. Oh, hi there. Welcome to Lousy Dates, your weekly podcast offering up a cornucopia of awkward human dating rituals, embarrassing gaffes, and adequate boners. We take stories submitted by listeners like you and broadcast them to the world. Today, we have a lineup of three amazingly bad dates. The first one, Killing Me Softly with Karaoke, Meat Sticks and Touching Dicks. And our last one to wrap up will be a swing and a miss. Whether you've found your happy ending or you're still wading through the swamp of dating sorrows, we bring you fresh laughs and cringeworthy tales every Saturday morning. Well, most Saturday mornings. Take your walk of shame with us, your hosts, Sarah and Rachel. Now, let's get into these lousy dates. All right, Sarah. The first one we have is Killing Me Softly with Karaoke. This is from Gary in Scarborough. Also, Gary writes, heard about the podcast through the grapevine and really liking what you're doing. Thanks, Gary, you sweet angel man. We love you, Gary. Thank you. (laughs) All right. We also love Gary because he submitted a story to us through our website. When I used to use dating sites, I had matched up with a brown-haired girl. Very Van Morrison of him. Oh, brown-eyed girl. Never mind. Boo. (laughs) She had a curvy figure, and if I remember correctly, smelled nice. She was perfectly nice, but other than that, I don't remember anything about her. I do, however, remember the consequences of going to meet her. First awkward thing, we were to meet downtown Toronto in an area I wasn't familiar with. If Google Maps was a thing, I didn't bother to use it, so I used my horrible navigation skills to try to find the place. I walked around a lot trying to pinpoint this address for a pool hall and couldn't find it. Eventually, I broke down, waved a cab over, and told him the address. To say the ride lasted even three minutes would probably be very generous. In downtown traffic, on a Saturday night, it was literally around the corner from where I was. So now I'm embarrassed, but this cab driver just thinks I'm the laziest person alive. I quite literally throw a $5 bill at him and scurry away. So I meet up with my date, who I'd never met before, and we decided to play pool. We aren't hitting it off, but we aren't regretting meeting. Yet. (laughs) I decide to be cute and say we should bet on the game. I'd been bragging way too much about my skills at pool. Yes, I was a bit nervous, but I was also a bit of a douche. She asks what the bet is, and I say, if I win, then I get a kiss at the end of the night. This is very cringy of me to even make this bet. What's ultimately awkward is I wasn't even smart enough to let her win so she could decide for herself if she wanted to kiss me. It was a close game, too, and I got lucky on a couple shots. She was not that into me and must have felt so awkward. Anyway, next is the the greatest arena of awkward. We went to karaoke. A bunch of her friends were there, and they did this all the time, apparently. I can only describe what happened as my own, my best friend's wedding moment, and I was Cameron Diaz. Her and her friends were laughing and having a great time while I clawed the insides of my soul in panic, wondering how I got here. Honestly, I didn't really think it would go too bad. I had never sung for people before, but I couldn't be that bad. I'm not a music buff. So I am going through these songs in mounting horror as I recognize nothing. Probably 
if I could have heard the songs and what they'd sounded like, I would have recognized some, but all I had to go on were the names. Finally, I hit pay dirt. The theme song from one of my favorite movies, The Breakfast Club, was on the list. Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. I knew the song by heart. I could do this song. So I got up. I can remember how glaringly bright the lights were. I could barely see my date and her friends at our table. So I got ready by in no way adjusting the mic height, stooping my body a little and singing. What happened next were maybe the longest couple of minutes of my life as I absolutely was murdering the song. Nay, it wasn't simply murder. I did horrible, heinous, atrocious acts on that song. UN peacekeepers should have stormed the bar and led me away in handcuffs to stand trial at The Hague for war crimes on the art of music. And it went on forever. Glaciers stripped the land outside. Civilizations rose and fell. A supervolcano erupted and shrouded the earth in winter for a thousand years before spring came once again. You get the point. It was the kind of performance where everyone is dead silent because they can't even joke with you about how bad you did. The applause was less about pity and more about mercy. I sincerely think the noises I made not only slammed my date's vagina shut, but made it leave the country in search of a better life. That was the second most awkward moment of the night. Can you guess the most awkward? If you guessed I still asked for my kiss from my I couldn't be less into you date, then you win a cookie. The poor girl gave it to me and ran off into the night. She was too polite to actually run, but you could tell her soul was sprinting away. My one and only qualm about her is who takes a first date to karaoke without asking? Other than that, the horribleness was all on me. Oh my God. This is my favorite submission, I think, so far. I feel like you say that every episode, but honestly, Gary, this is... Not only are you a wordsmith, sir, a gentleman and a scholar, I love that you're the bad date. <laughs> I really do. Uh, yeah, the descriptions really made this. Um, it, yeah. I mean, thanks thanks for that, Gary. We, we did not have to zhuzh this in any way, shape, or form. It was pre-zhuzhed. Uh, you know what? I also want to say shout out to Gary for the whole taxi incident. I have two times that I've literally taken a $3 taxi in Toronto. Uh once we were going to a club underground and uh, we didn't realize there was two, like literally across the road from each other. That taxi driver really screwed us. Um, so I get it. It happens. Don't, don't feel shame when that happens. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's just a rite of passage. <laughs> it's true. Did you even go to Toronto if you didn't take a three minute cab ride? Cause you couldn't find a location. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so let's unpack this a little bit, Sarah. Um, what for you stood out as the most awkward? Because Gary thinks that the kiss at the end was the most awkward. Um, right? Do you agree with that? I mean, no, because I think I think um, karaokeing when you've never done it and doing your first song first time, I think that would be the most awkward part. Uh, but it also takes a lot of bravery. Like I have never, not even with friends, have karaokeed. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to share a personal anecdote about karaoke. And I'm going to agree with you that this was the most awkward. So I also am not a big karaoke-er. I've done it twice in my life, and I'll tell you briefly. The first time I got booed by the locals, they were very angry <laughs> at me for singing in their karaoke bar. 
I was uh, up north in like a little, a little tiny, like hole in the wall. Obviously I was in my, you know, early twenties, drunk as a skunk and just like, you know, invincible. So I was like, I'm going to definitely sing some Shania Twain. Um, Whose bed have your boots been under? You know what? They did not want to hear from me after about one verse and one chorus, I got booed off stage. Uh, it was, it was savage. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, although I was undeterred from at some point um, in my later twenties, going to the Gladstone in Queen West, which I don't know if anyone has been there for karaoke. Um, and this was like, you know, in the 2000, the late 2000 aughts. Um, so there was actually a pretty lively karaoke night and there was actually a lot of really talented people who went there. Um, I was not talented, but I still went there. And I tried to sing Dolly Parton's Jolene. And I don't know if anyone's familiar with Jolene and the very, very high pitches it reaches. Um, it was beyond my skill set. In fact, most songs are. And I didn't get booed, but that silence that Gary describes where they're like, wow, we can't even joke about how bad this was. Yeah, I, that, that was relatable for me. I felt seen. I'm so glad you guys were able to connect on that. Yeah, yeah, I really do feel like um, Gary and I should not do karaoke together. No, I think that sounds great. You want to do a duet? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I definitely agree that the karaoke, and like, and her friends were there, so he was also outnumbered. It's not like a private embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, really public, so good, good for him. For, for but, and so, yeah, this. I agree. It was bad on her for suggesting karaoke or like springing it on him. Um, but good for him for being a good sport. I think that that's um, also good for him for referencing my best friend's wedding. If you haven't seen it, it's a great rom-com. Uh, if you haven't um, seen it, you live under a rock. I do have to agree The one of the cringy moments is, you know, hey, if I win, you have to kiss me. I also love that he was like, I didn't even think to let her win. <laughs> Yeah, I also like that he calls out his own cringiness. Like in retrospect, he's like, yeah, that was that was cringy. And, you know, I feel like we've all like made those awkward bets, like trying to be cute. And then we end up being, you know, a creeper about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely have played a lot of strip games that weren't intended to be strip games because I wanted to get naked. You want to play strip Monopoly? <laughs> Until you've played strip go fish, I don't want to hear from you. All right. What's next, Sarah? So next, we're going to talk about meat sticks and touching dicks. This one comes to us from Jenny from The Block. Joe and I met on what I believe is now a defunct website called Lava Life. This was the time when it was either Lava Life or Craigslist for date. And honestly, neither source was very promising. But because Lava Life was a pay-to-play format, the likelihood of getting an unemployable pervert was low. All the perverts there had jobs. Our first date was actually good. It was the second date that did us in. The first date, we walked around Danforth and ate meat on a stick, talked about our families and hopes for the future with big doe eyes. And I recall a light dusting of snow under the streetlights as he gave me a very gentlemanly hug and a brush of our lips goodbye. So when date two rolled around, I was actually quite excited because between date one and two, I'd been on several other bad first dates with other suitors. We just went out for coffee and it was fine. We were having a good time. We decided to go back to my tiny basement apartment and watch a movie. Now I know what people are probably thinking, Netflix and chill, but it really was just watching a movie. 
Well, so I thought. I'm a fairly straightforward human, and if I want to fuck someone, I'll just do it. I'll even warn them in advance with something subtle like, do you want to come back to my place and fuck? Listen, I was 25 and had a hot potty. It was a different time and place. So Joe and I settle in to watch our movie, and he decides to get fresh, which I admit to entertaining to a degree. But also, let's be real. Some lessons have been learned on some of the other bad dates, and it takes more than some meat on a stick to make me swoon. So when I pumped the brakes, Joe got mad. I shouldn't say mad. He got whiny, which frankly is worse. He went on this epic rant about how he really liked me and he couldn't understand why I wouldn't want to take our relationship to the next level. I was stunned. Relationship? Dude, we literally took a walk and grabbed a hot beverage. Yikes. Get the fuck out, Joe. I don't dislike you because you tried to manipulate your way into my pants by throwing around the word relationship carelessly. I don't like you because you're a whiny bitch. He does sound like a whiny bitch. And I just want to, I want to say this is not the first whiny manipulative person we've had on a story about guys or girls don't whine to get someone to bang you. It's gross. Unless like they have a whining fetish, then go ahead and do it. They'll appreciate it. But for the most part, normal, well-adjusted people don't. So don't. No. And on the side of don't. Mm Mm-hmm. I also want to say kudos to Jenny for being like, hey, I'll say something subtle like, do you want to come back to my place and fuck? Girl knows what she wants. Just be straightforward, people. I love it. Yeah, I mean, we've had that takeaway before. Just be Mm -hmm. straightforward because um, it's so much easier. Like if someone said to me, do you want to come back to my place and fuck? I would be like, I think that they would like to have relations at their house. Yes. I I would not misinterpret that as like, I think we're going to have a steak dinner and watch a movie. Also, I just want to say um, the first day, I'm glad it, was, it went well. And I mean, eating meat on a stick while walking around Danforth. That's a Sounds nice deal. That's a nice time. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, I feel like, I don't know if you've been there, Sarah, but I've definitely been there where like somebody puts all their hopes and dreams into you because the first date went really well. Mm-hmm. And then... Subsequent dates are not so sparkly and amazing. And you're kind of like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this vibe, but they're really feeling the vibe. (laughs) And they're like making plans. (laughs) And you're like, I'm making plans to run away. (laughs) Rachel, I'm sure you you probably experienced that a lot because you're a goddamn catch. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, (laughs) All right. Let's move into our last story, a swing and a miss. And this one's coming to us from Kelly and Ajax. A few years ago, I met Steve on a dating app. We'd been talking regularly and had gone for coffee once or twice. Steve seemed pretty decent, so I invited him to join me and my friends at a baseball game. That's where things took a turn. Dun, dun, dun. We arrived at the game, and Steve began to very loudly and awkwardly let everyone around us know that we were an item. It really threw me off, but it didn't throw me off as what came next. Steve managed to bring in a bag of peanuts, the kind with the shell on, into the game. He started eating them. All of them. This monster was eating peanuts with shells on them. Who the hell even does that? He was drinking throughout the game pretty heavily. I I think he must have missed most of the game because he kept going to get drinks. He easily drank 10 or more coolers, 
Nobody was on his level. Finally, the game ended. My friends were all going out after. But when Steve was on a 7-3 fill, I asked if nobody could mention or invite us out. I had to ditch him. As we were leaving the game, Steve chugged back the last two drinks he had. Once we got on the street, it was very crowded. He kept telling me I had to walk on a certain side of him, claiming a man walks on this side to protect his woman. What the fuck? What year is this? Not even a full minute later, he was speaking rudely about the way some women were dressed who passed us by. I couldn't believe that this was actually happening. He had not been, a, had he not been a towering 6'3", I think I would have tried to fight him right there. Because we'd been running late to get to the game, I drove us, so I couldn't escape the buffoon yet. As we were driving in the chaos, trying to leave downtown, he started insulting my driving. Steve literally tried to get out of the car so we could switch which was absurd for so many reasons, including the fact he was completely wasted. He asked me about my job. I worked downtown at a large law firm. Steve proceeded to tell me I wouldn't be able to stay there forever because it's a manly industry. I believe his exact words were, don't worry, baby. I'm not saying that because you aren't great. It's just that that's too tough of an industry for women. Again, what the actual fuck? Finally, After 45 painful, awkward minutes, I pull into Steve's driveway. My knuckles are practically throbbing from gripping my steering wheel so tight, trying to deal with this trash human. I ask him to get out and he invites me in. Absolutely not, I replied as he lunged towards me for a kiss. Luckily, I moved my face in time, but instead I ended up with an awkward, sloppy, cheek kiss. The next day, Steve texts me that he had a great time and would love to see me again. I respond that your behavior was absolutely absurd. Never contact me again. He responded seconds later with, cool, if you ever want to get a beer, let me know. Wow. That's uh, that's one of the worst dates I think we've ever had, Sarah. And we've had some doozies. Yeah. Um, where to start with this one? Let's start at the beginning. Do you, have you ever seen someone eat a peanut with their shell on? I've seen an elephant do that. When our, uh, our submitter says that her knuckles were throbbing from gripping the steering wheel so tight from dealing with the trash human, I was thinking that Steve's knuckles were probably also throbbing from having dragged them on the ground. <laughs> I also love that, um, you know, this guy tries to be like, oh, I need to protect you as a man, but then also belittles other women on the street for their attire. Mm. Seems very yeah. contradictory. Yeah, that was, um, his misogyny was uh, second to none, I would have to say. Um, um, I love that this man had the audacity mm. <laughs> the next day to be like, hey, I'd love to get to a great time. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like Steve has a great time no matter where he is or what the circumstances are. He and he does that by having 10 coolers at the outset. Well, not only that, I love that she was like, no, absolutely not. You're a fucking joke. How dare you? And he was like, oh, well, if you want to get a beer sometime. Here's here's what I'm thinking. He was six, three. You know, this guy probably gets more dates than a nice guy who's five, nine. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that lady. You could end up with Steve. So maybe think about that height requirement. Mm-hmm. 
So Rachel, let's uh let's jump in and quickly just do a recap of our main takeaways. What was your main takeaway from our first story uh, from Gary with the Killing Me Softly with karaoke? All right, so my main takeaway from Gary's story, um, really I had two. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, do be a good sport. I think that, you know what, Gary could have uh, just kind of sulked and be like, oh, I don't want to do karaoke. But he, you know, he mustered up his courage. He did horribly. Um, and I admire him for that. And then my second takeaway is, yeah, maybe don't dare people to kiss you goodnight. It is pretty cringy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I'm going to jump into the next one with meat sticks and touching je- dicks from Jenny on the block. My main takeaway is meat sticks make a good first date. Mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. Other takeaway we've already recapped before: don't be a whi- don't whine to sleep with someone. It's gross. Yeah, gross, bad form. Mm-hmm. All right, and for a swing and a miss, uh, there's so many things here, so many takeaways. My main takeaway is um, don't act like an animal and eat peanuts with a shell on it. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the main... Really hard to respect someone when that's how they start off the date. Mm -hmm. Clearly, they've never been in public before. No. And they have no respect for people with peanut allergies. That too. Yeah. I mean, peanuts with a shell on it are like almost like the rudest food you could eat next to sunflower seeds. You don't like eating sunflower seeds? Not on a date. Oh, on a date. In like a venue where like people sit indoors um i think one of my biggest takeaways from this as well is if you're going to go on a date with someone where you may be stuck with them like this 45 Mm -hmm. minute drive you know what take step don't carpool maybe if that's the case maybe don't carpool yeah yeah meet at the venue that's Mm -hmm. actually a really good point um all right sarah i think that wraps it up yeah well thanks everyone for joining us today for this week's episode of lousy dates Do you want in on the fun like Gary did? You can share your bad date stories with us by visiting our website, www.lousydatespodcast.com or emailing us at lousydates at gmail.com. Make sure you tell your friends about us or send it to a love interest you no longer think has any potential to give them a subtle hint. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at lousy dates podcast all one word no weird characters well we do have some weird characters thanks for listening and see you next saturday morning for your weekly dose of dating woes later daters in my toes and in my shoulders i've been shaking like i'm colder than my head in my eyes feels like they never getting up in my heart on my sleep got the fire set me free i'm gonna show this down tonight and night i love you have a good night fight you hi <laughs> so she's gonna fight you I'll fight you with you. love i don't you're not gonna win this she said fight you with love oh okay I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Get out of here. I'm a fucking Care Bear. <laughs> you are. You are a fucking Care Bear. I can't believe that we're going to shave a rainbow into your chest hair. Um, are you reading this, Sarah, or am I? Do you want even me to read it? Even my vehicle is loud. Like, I feel like everything is coalescing tonight to 
distract me from the task at hand, which is recording a very funny, very relatable podcast. Oh, <laughs>